first couple months in the in the shop they had a complete foundry they had uh everything for a forging machine tools uh everything and i was just like that that was my spot hey everybody welcome to whiskey lead and steel feelings hurt while you wait the official podcast of aggressive defensive solutions i'm rick sutton and joining me today is joe o'neill joe's not only my old uh, zone partner from when i was on the street in the first precinct but joe is the uh, producer of some of the coolest cutting and sticking implements out there on the planet. And when he's not doing that, he's also uh, making some of the coolest one-off Kydex stuff. Um, we'll get a link to uh, his email and or phone number so we can get that. Uh, Lee will fix that and it'll come up on the page so you can make contact with him. He's uh, located here in Tidewater, Virginia, still with uh, Beach PD. And uh, we're happy to have him. And we're going to talk about some of the cool stuff that he makes and how you can get some stuff made from him. So, Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Rick. Thanks for uh, coming out. It's good to see you thanks. again. Yeah, thanks um, for having me out here. We, we lucked uh, out. We've been shooting the shit for the last, I don't know, like 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, at, at least. Walk, at taking least, a walk yeah, down right. uh, memory, memory lane. lane. Yep. Yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah, good things here. So if you would, just um, let everybody know, you know what your background is and how it is that you got involved in uh, making some of the cool stuff out there and then you know what your process is and, and how people can get a hold of you and you know, get stuff yeah. made. Well. It really started way back when. Um, I'm almost 65 now, uh, so this is going back to when I was in high school, uh, 1973. Back in the day, high school used to have actually, yeah, <laughs> used to have shop. Um, that's a foreign thing now. You know, um, they had you know auto shop, wood shop, that type of thing. Well, I always really gravitated towards a metal shop, mm -hmm. um, and just uh, just first couple months in the in the shop they had a complete foundry they had uh everything for a forging machine tools uh everything and i was just like that that was my spot you know i, I enjoyed it i always enjoyed school and uh that was just a, a a benefit there so that's really where i started um i got a lot of experience um operating uh machine tools uh machine lathes mills grinders uh things of the sort like that um but then it got into doing a lot of casting foundry work. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, back in the day you could find like, you know, a lot of things made from aluminum brass. It wasn't as expensive, but bring it in, melt it down. And of course everybody else was making like teacups and things. What do I do? I'm sitting there and I'm making a set of knuckles. So nice. I make a first, my, my first pour out of brass is uh, a crude set of knuckles on a, on a flat cast instead of a, a sandwich, you know, putting the two together. So I put that together. Uh, shop teacher looks at it, says, well, you did a great job. Now go melt them down. So, but then it progressed from there. Um, they had a beautiful anvil. Uh, this thing was like a, uh, it was probably a 350 pound um, Peter Wright. It was an old, old anvil. Uh, the school was very old. This is Northern New Jersey back in the day. Um, Beautiful anvil. Uh, had, they had a, a, an actual coal forge, oh, and wow. they had yeah yeah you, you could burn you could actually burn coal, and they also had the forge that you used it wasn't a forge it was a it was a furnace, mm -hmm. but it had a hole in the top. You could turn it on. You could put metal in it. As long as it got hot, you're good to go. So I learned forge welding, um, doing pattern welding, uh, yeah, um, actually just uh, plain old uh, blacksmithing mm -hmm. uh, as far as you know, producing like raw iron rails. Uh, we did all kinds of things, riveting, hot riveting, uh, that, that type of thing. And the next course of what's going to be is I start getting into my, what I wanted to do. I always wanted to make uh, a German dagger. Mm -hmm. 
So they didn't have, they had some tool steel, but it wasn't really allowed. You were supposed to use it for other things. So I, I looked it up. Now this is back in the day, way before um, any internet or anything like that. So you had to look things up. Come to find out tool steel, carbon steel, leaf springs, um, you know, coil springs from cars. Yeah. So I go again, go down to the auto shop. Uh, buddies of mine down there, I'm like, hey, you know, you got these leaf springs? <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's a whole shitload of them. We got them sitting over there. So go, knocked off a piece, brought it back, um, talked to my shop teacher, said, hey, you know, I'm going to do that with this. And he's like, yeah, okay, put it in there. Uh, so first knife looked like hell. <laughs> Done. <laughs> looked like hell. I didn't know how to take the, the whole uh, hardening process, tempering. Didn't None of that I really knew. So I basically forged this thing out, had to file the hell out of it. There was there wasn't belt grinders in the respect of a, a two by seventy two, you know, with uh, different assorted grits. It's just a big ass grinding wheel. Yeah, and, you know, you just ground things down on that. And in the end, it, it looked good, but when I went and tried it out, the blade snapped immediately. And that, so that that was kind of my start in life with with getting it. And, and the quest of knowledge went on. There was a big gap of time in there where, you know, I got married, kids, we moved out of Jersey, went to Pennsylvania, um, you know, just working, things like that. And I kind of fell out of it, came down to Virginia in 2000. Mm -hmm. um, when I came down here, um, had a little bit more time, had a bigger place, uh, different environment and everything. Um, so I started getting back into it and I slowly, and Rick has seen my shop. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's basically, it's a garage, but it's got like every tool known to man that you could work with for for i mean between a full-size engine lathe um an engine mill yeah i, I want to put it so don't you have didn't you buy a lathe that came with the instructions on how to take the lathe and build a new lathe yes <laughs> yeah yeah literally <laughs> cool it's shit, the only right machine there. that can reproduce itself because yeah. you can turn square you can mill you can pr pretty much do everything on a lathe and it's a it's a, it's a it's an old South Bend tool lathe, um, uh, and a, a tool room lathe. Uh, and there, there's some little differences on there. It came out of a, a school, and I'm not sure where. Um, so it's like it was brand new practically. It had a lot of rust on it uh, from just sitting around for years and years and years. I cleaned it up, and it's it's kind of like my little pride and joy there. I love that thing. Um, got a bunch of different belt grinders, heating equipment, um, not heating, but uh, tempering equipment, hardening. Uh, that type of thing, have a forge. So it's like everything's put together there, uh, you know, and I, I, I'll put together my way of doing things is very much, um, I get an idea. And then at that point, I just sit there and say, well, it comes to me. I, I think about it. I might, I usually draw it up and I go into it. I'll do stuff for people. Some people will say, hey, can you make this? I do, but I always found that to be kind of like, like boring it's like they come in with their idea and it's not my idea so i get like uh, now you that know. said yeah. that said if somebody wants you to make something oh no no i you do make, I'm you just make saying, you make stuff and you make a cool thing but exactly you'd, you'd much rather be but it's it's it just comes more natural like yeah. some of the stuff i brought today yeah so the, these are things these are all just thoughts that that came to mind and it's cool. different things you know um and it's all made from well everything here is made from uh carbon steel mm-hmm and but I do work in stainless. Um, okay. But carbon steel is much cheaper when you're just working on concept and thoughts. Yeah. If I screw up a piece of carbon steel, it's not that expensive. 
the stainless isn't that that bad, but there's there's more to and, it. But like with carbon steel, like well, we've done this. You've made stuff for me that mm -hmm. I've then taken and had Cerakoted. Yes. So that works like a champ. Oh yeah. Um, yeah yeah. We're parkerizing. Parkerizing. Um, yeah, because you can parkerize, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Do the parkerizing. Um, usually just some cold blowing. Mm -hmm. I, I I was doing hot blowing, um, but you have to be careful with the blade. Because once you get, you you figure you heat treat it, right? You harden it, you temper it back to wherever you want it. So you have a rock well of like 59, 60, 61. Mm -hmm. And then you drop it in 700 degree, you know. Um, uh, you know the, the, basically, this this tank full of, uh, of the blowing liquid that you pretty much melt it down. Mm -hmm. um, and when you take it out, uh, you could actually at that point start changing the dynamic of the blade. So you have to yeah. really be careful with it. Um, but seracoding seracoding doesn't no. do that. Yeah, no, not at all. The seracoding uh, that's a great thing too. Yeah, you know, I'm real utilitarian. Um, I'm very much, you know, I like a little frill, but it's not. It's not. You know, like I said, if I, if I put together like this is a um, a, a blacksmith's knife. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is just this is D1 tool steel, and I found a coil of this stuff, and somebody it was at a, an estate sale. And what it was, was the guy had like a rotor rooter business at one point, And it was the steel that they use on a snake. Huh. So I looked up what the make was and it's, it was D1. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So for like five bucks, I got like, like 300 feet of oh, this wow. stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's fairly thin. It's not that big, that's but a, uh, yeah. That's a cool so, looking blade. Yeah. It's got a little piece of tape on it. There was. Huh. So the, uh, yeah. And that, that's like just a quick. So as far as like frills. Yeah, yeah. There's just the handle. That's a. <clears throat> that's what makes it more of the blacksmith knife. Is the um, did that. the the bend and the little twist. Yeah, but it works out pretty good. You know, same material, but um, this is an old school spike. So this is what, uh, you know, like some of the prostitutes in the old west might have carried in a um, in a thigh holster or a in inside yeah. of a garter belt. Very small, very hard. Defensively, when you get down to it. And people argue me this all the time. It's cool to have a knife, but defensively, you're not going to beat a spike. So yeah. close quarter combat, uh, we're yeah. we're we're chest to chest and we're fighting it out. I can stick my knife in you. Yeah. Well, you did that. Uh, I was telling somebody about the the giant syringe needle, essentially that yes. you created. That yes. thing is cool. Have you done another one of those? Or just, I, that's just I, the one? I have. Just did that one. It was just a one off. Somebody had that's somebody had asked me about it. Yeah. And I was like. They gave me the idea and I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds See, it, But it resonated with me. So I was like, oh, no problem, you know, and we put it together. But yeah, but, but syringe tip is um, I didn't bring one with me. That thing but cool. Most of the like spikes that I make, except for this one, this yeah. is this is just it's a square. I also do a triform, which is mm -hmm. a triangle. Yeah, uh, basically. Um, or a twist, you know, a triangle. Now, with a I'm going to I'm going to deviate here and talk about the science. Would putting a fuller on that as a blood groove make uh, a difference do you think or no no not really because because okay. this has got such a hard taper on it got it and this is very smooth mm -hmm. so if i stick this and let's let's be real about it i'm, I'm this is i'm not sticking it in walnuts so i'm not putting it in, yeah you know yeah, this this, yeah. this is meant to stick into somebody yeah yeah and <laughs> so and, and this left off a bone hey right so you if i'm sitting here and i'm sticking this in your chest your neck your head this will go through a skull pretty easy because yeah. it's it this is extremely hard yeah 
but it's very flexible. That's why the, the what it's made from. Yeah. So it's got a lot of flex into it. Um, the old design I had looked it up. They usually put a little more twist in it, mm -hmm. but the twist gives you a little grip. Yep. But the curly cue on the back, people are like, oh, it's kind of decorative. It's cool. But no, what it does is it fits in the palm, palm of the hand. Right? So it doesn't hurt your hand when you're jamming that thing in. Yeah, and it also gives you something to grip pull on to because you're, you're wrapped around it. So this doesn't hurt and it comes in and out. So it's like you know you look at it, it's kind of cool, um, yeah. but it does have some some use to it. Yeah, and, and that's that's where it's going. With that's it. pretty cool. Yeah, but then you get into some of these types of things. So this is um, a little bit of leather work. Mm -hmm. I do leather work. I'm not the most proficient at leather work. It, it's again utilitarian. It's I get it gets the job done, yeah. but I like to work in heavier leather. So mm -hmm. I'll use like nine ounce to ten ounce, twelve mm -hmm. ounce leather that gets up into saddle leather, the, yeah. the, the much thicker stuff, which I prefer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this this is lighter though. This mm -hmm. is like an eight ounce leather, um, but pretty much just a pouch sheath. So this is made from. I'll put that right there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. This is made from uh, a tine from a deer antler. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's got a, a, a copper fuller that goes around the back over here that holds it on. And it's basically just uh, glued in, okay? It's burnt in and then glued, and there is a pin that runs through it. So this is a copy of an old school, like 16th, 17th century uh, patch knife. Okay. And it's much more refined. Yeah. Let me let me put it that way, because I used, you know, electric equipment to grind this thing down and polish it up. and. But what it is, is it's, this is a very wide, flat, tiny little blade. Mm -hmm. So if you have your muzzle loader and you're, you're working, a lot of times they didn't, it's not everybody had like pre-cut patches. They just had a piece of something. So you would cut your piece off, basically get your ball, put it in there. You, you pat, pat, put it in there. You put it flat on there, bang, pat it down and then ramrod it Got in. It. So That's they called pretty... them patch knives because yeah. it would just cut the patch. Um, it. And it, it's, but it is a utilitarian type of knife. This one is is got an edge quench on it. I don't know if you can actually see it. Oh yeah. Did you see? Yeah. So the way this is, um, this is 1095 steel. Um, the way this was was created, ground it down, polished it, uh, did everything it had to do, put the edge onto it, and then it's brought up to a critical temperature, which is about 15, 1600 degrees. Goes to non magnetic. Um, then it's put into a, a a bath of oil, and I use Parks 50, which is a quenching oil. And it has a limiting block, which is just a chunk of steel. So it's the depth of what I want. And I put it in and it pretty much just rock it in the, in the oil that cools it off. And this guy, this is my own technique of when I take it out, the top is still very hot. Mm -hmm. But what I'll do is I'll quench high. So mm -hmm. I'll have a lot of hardened steel. Take it out and then I just naturally let the heat go down. And that brings that temper back in a little bit more, let it go in. This way, I don't have to put it in and temper it for the 400 degrees at two or three hours to bring it back down. It draws itself out. Okay. And it's a it's a it's a real durable type. So, of So you've no. got a good hard edge, but you've got a flexible black exactly. back end. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, right. Right. So you're not likely to snap it. Exactly. Exactly. Because nice. there's not a whole lot going on there. But then again, each knife has a particular use. Sure. You know, this isn't meant for you know cutting boulders out of the ground. Yeah. You know, or prying open a door. Yeah, it's it, not. It's, it's not like it's a meant to cut a little piece of cloth and stick yeah. it in your gun. Cut your but sandwich up. Exactly. Exactly. Cut, cut cut a chunk of barbecue off. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Super utilitarian. That's but then, cool. so you know, um, other things working in the um, is the kydex work. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I've started out doing it for the knives. I've worked into doing it for, for handguns. Clear and safe. Mm -hmm. Put that off to the side. Um, so my own design, just a minimalist type of a, of a, a, a holster. Mm -hmm. It's got a flexible uh, clip on it. It's, again, uh, same theme. No yeah. frills. Does what it's supposed to do. I try to work things in that, for me, work for me. And typically, you find it works for others, too. Yeah. So on a holster like this, being able to uh, put the gun in, especially up against the body, yeah, having that little bit of a rise, and if you have a little pudge and you're not looking like Schwarzenegger, where you know you could just like drop it in there, but it comes in, it's it does guide the gun down. It's also high enough that protects the sight from mm -hmm. digging into your skin. Yep. Well, so. I have one of your holsters yes. for my Smith & Wesson M&P. Uh -huh. um, I'm gonna get up with you because I need one just like it for my SIG 320 and my SIG 365XL. Yeah. But yeah, they're and then of course with mine, you did the custom thing because yes. of where I carry mine. You, you ride over the belt, so yeah, you put I ride a over notch the belt inside so of it. Notch. That was awesome. And, and it, 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 it works. Those are the kinds of things though, um, doing any customization, yeah. it gives me other ideas. Yeah. So like people like yourself come in with a lot of knowledge and know-how, practical experience, real-world experience. So when you come in and sit there and say, hey, you know, it's like this and uh, I wanted that. And I'm like, oh, shit, why didn't I even think of that? <laughs> that makes actual sense because where the hell is that belt loop wand? Yeah. Always exactly where you want to put this, yep. this thing. But that, So that's a good thing. Yeah. But I started out doing the, the sheaths. Um, Kydex, I started out with leather, but I, I, I moved into Kydex. And it was one of those things where everybody wants, uh, you know, a, a tactical type of a sheath. <laughs> they're good. They're great in the respect of like durability. They're very thin, so you, they hide well. Um, they they do a hell of a job on a, on a blade itself as far as scratch. You get a little dirt inside this thing, yeah, and it's going to be tearing it up. Yeah. As long as you don't care about that, again, a knife is a tool. It's like a hammer. You know, you yep. take care of the hammer, but the hammer is going to get dirty. It's going to get rusty. It's going to, yep. you know. But as long as you take care of it, same thing with this, you know. So on something like this, it's got a positive lock. Mm -hmm. And you can actually hear when it clips yeah. right in there. So on something like this, I mean, you really have to go. Like if I whipped it, it might come out. But it has to be enough that you could wear it and get it out. Mm -hmm. and, but have it locked back in. Yeah. So that gets into the blade itself. And this is just a standard double edge. Um, but this is an aluminum scales that I put on these. And I also do anodization. Mm -hmm. So I was able to anodize. You can anodize any color you want. Yeah. Um, it's like the Cerakoting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I say color-wise, Cerakoting is a whole different, is an yeah, actual it's a coating. Different, different process. The, uh, anodization is actually opening the pores of the, aluminum. of the aluminum to where they're in an open state and then putting them in a color. The color gets into the, 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 the first layer, so to speak, mm -hmm. of the aluminum. Then you put it into a boiling hot bath. It closes it up and keeps the color. Mm -hmm. So it's a permanent thing. I mean, um, mil-spec anodization is a very hard coat because that's what it does. Yep. It kind of hardens that outer coating of the aluminum. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, mil-spec parts that get done don't have any color at all. Yeah. You could just do it, put it in there, and it just stays kind of a dull gray. Yeah. But it's got that 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 hardness to well, it. I I have to blast anodization off of a lot of AR uppers for yes. Cerakote process. Right. Yeah, and it's a pain in the ass. It really is. It is. It, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, push knives are a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like neck knives yeah. and push knives. So this is 
a push knife. Yep. So the whole concept of having it in your hand, you know, being mm -hmm. able to push slash do whatever. Um, and this is uh, not your traditional type of a sheath for it, yeah. but it's a pocket sheath. Oh. So you don't want to have a loose blade in your pocket. Yeah, you you sit down and all of a sudden, you know. You're bleeding. Yeah. You're, well, you're, you're, you're now changing genders or whatever's <laughs> going on there. <laughs> so you don't want that to happen. Um, so this basically fits in your pocket. Uh -huh. Okay. It's got the length enough that it's not going to just like roll around. Yeah. But the big thing is, is you can index. When you hit this, you feel it. Your fingers now come up on the leather to pull out and come out with the knife. Okay. Got it. So if you just had a standard sheath like this, yeah, you're sitting there going like that and you're pulling your pocket. Yeah. So now you're grabbing and you're doing this and yeah. you know, you're just having a bad day. So that's really a, a yeah. there. This also works. Uh, this whole design came from a different one. I didn't bring it with me, but uh, a lot of people. I got to try that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's badass, dude. That worked like a champ. Yeah, I didn't even require any training. I didn't even require any training for that. We're gonna have to sign you off. On I that. am. I'm. A, yeah, <laughs> it's jarhead proof. That's awesome. <laughs> well, there were some crayons involved with it, so I don't know what to laugh. But um, so this uh, the yeah. configuration. What I originally started out with was, and I had made it for my wife, uh, was this type of uh, a very long, slender blade. Yeah. Okay. So this, in this style of a sheath, yeah. was a letter opener. And oh, what I yeah. would do is, on the back, I would put like a crushed felt. Mm -hmm. So a nice blue or a red. And it would sit on a desk with a very loose sheath that you could take out, open up letters. But paranoia sets in, right? So you're working at your desk. Stupid shit starts happening. What's nicer to have, hiding in plain sight, a letter opener that is uh, yeah. 1095 with a very nice razor type edge. And it, it's hard to see, but there's like a PowerPoint on this. Yeah. So yep. what it does is you come down, um, whatever, I don't know what the degree of angle is, but the cant off of it is 15. So it comes down and then we go in 15 degrees. So what that does is instead of coming down to a needle point mm -hmm. like this. Yeah. Okay. You're coming down and you're getting a little more girth to the point. Yeah, almost a chisel point. Exactly. So when you come in with, if you're, if you're sticking with this, this is going to hold up a little bit better. Um, yeah. either way, I wouldn't want to get stabbed with it. Yeah. You know, it's got the ring. It's not a pinky ring. It's, it's more of a, um, like if you're using to get hold of it, to hold mm -hmm. on to it, you could put a, a leather strap to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, works out pretty good. That kind of brings it to this one. Now this is a buddy of mine who lives in Arizona. Um, he was making these mm -hmm. and he's just like an old biker dude. Yeah. And this is a, a play on that. His is more of this style where it's almost all one piece. Mm -hmm. Mine has more of a, a, a cut into yeah. it. Okay. So it gives you that heart shape. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is desert ironwood with just some quarter inch uh, brass pins. Um, this has got a very nice temper to it. This is oh, like yeah. a spring. Okay. But this has a point on it that is nasty. Oh, yeah. So this is really a straight. This gets into your spike area. Yeah. With an edge. Yeah. Okay. So this, when you're sticking this, if this stick between a rib, between the ribs, it'll go in fine. But if you say you're coming in sideways like this, it's got such a harsh angle and it's very sharp, it'll cut right into the ribs. 
Okay. Oh, wow. It'll cut into bone. It, it, it does. And it's strong enough that when you're pulling out, if you're pulling out and you get a flex on it, it's not going to, you're, you're going to be ready for a repeat put, cut Got it. slash. The point, it's sharp. It's not super sharp, but it's very pointy. Yeah. So points are equate to edge. Yeah. So a swipe with this across your chest, it's going to open you up. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be brutally sharp, yeah. but it's going to, that's the same thing with the syringe tip that yeah. we, we spoke about. Um, but again, simple design, um, carbon steel, you know, very, really practical, very small, works well as a, a horizontal carry mm-hmm. on a belt in the back. Same thing, same concept here. It's not a pinky. It's meant to hold like a, a little strap of leather mm-hmm. or something that you can retrieve it, hold on to it. You know, if you need to flip it around, you, you've got a little more purchase on it. Works out pretty good. Got it. Very cool. Yeah. This gets into, this isn't mine as far, this is mine, I should say. I didn't make the knife. Okay. <laughs> this is so it's not so it's not a Joe O'Neill K bar. No, a, this is a, a Vietnam era uh, Camellius. Mm-hmm. It's a issued. It was an issued weapon um, to a Marine, mm-hmm. but I guess they got whatever they could do. Yeah, it's, but it, it's the it's the standard K bar yep. fighting knife style. Yep, yep, yep. It's not. It's, cool. it's basically marked there. I think it says yeah, this marked, is USN. Yeah, it's a Navy on the actual hilt or the guard itself on the face. It should say something. Well, so it's a Camelus from New York, and then it says USN here. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, we're both old. We need to hold yeah, on like seven feet away to be yeah, able to I read know. it. <laughs> but the, where, had, where had gotten it from, it was somebody It was, they were in the in the Navy. Mm-hmm. They were issued the knife, never used it. They were yeah. in Vietnam, sat there, and basically went into an estate. Oh, wow. Picked it up fairly. But what I wanted to show you was this is now I made the the because it didn't have a sheath. Got it. It was just a knife. Um, so I'll, this is a recreation of what would be with additional uh, um, rivets, uh, what they would have issued probably during World War Two. OK, not this thick, though. They would have yeah. used much, much thinner leather. So mm-hmm. but this is like nine ounce leather right now. Yeah. Um, all hand stitched. Oh, wow. Yep, oil tanned. Um, it's got a nice wide loop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got your lander, land or um, leg tie down. Mm-hmm. The opening down here doubles as a drain. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, when they fill up with water, you don't want them sitting in there because yeah. the, the oil treatment holds everything in, keeps it out, but um, it fills up. You'll rust your blade. Yeah. Uh, but not difficult. But works out well when you're working with other types. It gives you that latitude of like. You want Kydex or you want leather, you know, yeah. either or. Um, this is another one. Uh, we were talking about it before we got sidetracked mm-hmm. with everything else. Yeah. Is um, This is a neck knife. It's a mm-hmm. neck push knife. Yeah. So through the holes here, if you notice, these are smaller. Mm-hmm. And these get into the quarter inch. So this will take a bead chain. Okay. So it'll fit around your neck nicely. Okay. Nice. Um, it's got a, a pull sheath. Mm-hmm. And it's that same concept of... Uh, Where'd we go? Of the the hard angle. Yeah. Okay. So you've got that triangular look to it. Mm -hmm. This can be used as a push, but it really works well as a a, a hand knife. Because when you grab it, you're not going to... Yeah, because the ergonomics. Yeah, you're going to be more here. Yeah. And now you got this nice swell. That's why it's much smaller Mm -hmm. than this. So you've got this swell in your hand. And again, it's used... um, 
you know, a hit to the temple, a hit to the, uh, to the neck. Uh, and it's very light. It's quick. It's fast. It's really strong. Mm -hmm. And these, this isn't super sharp. None of these are really super sharp now. Yeah. Because again, I, I just make them and I put them, I, I kind of use it as a reference later mm -hmm. on. Um, but you can get this down to a razor and the same thing. It's got a hard hollow grind on it. Mm -hmm. um, basically three pins, um, walnut, nothing fancy, nice. uh, carbon steel. But uh, same thing with the uh, Kydex sheath. Mm -hmm. Now, I made it more for my hand. If you have bigger hands, you can make yeah. a, more of a gap, you know. Yeah. That, but a lot of times keeping these things hidden, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to, you don't want this big, huge flashy, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's much lighter, but the, the sheath is in a, it's gotta be a positive lock. Yeah. Cause so, you don't want that thing falling down while you're sitting down. And exactly. You can see, size yourself. Yes. <laughs> you can see where it's, it's actually molded over. Mm -hmm. So you get that pop. Yeah. In the lock, but this is the same thing. You know, you really would have to go some, but you, you have it here. It's it's quick. It's accessible. Um, works out pretty good. Cool. So one of the things to talk about with that is so because you've made some stuff for me, mm -hmm. some Kydex stuff. So as a matter of fact, you've made Kydex sheaths for my Gerber Guardian. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. So if you have if you already have a tool, any kind of tool, be it an edge weapon or a firearm or magazine pouch, yep. Leatherman holder, something like that, mm -hmm. you bring it to Joe, and you know probably be ready to spend 10, 15 minutes because Joe's serious about getting all the details to get it right. Um, yeah. So yeah. everything I've ever had from you and everything I've ever talked to anybody who's had products from you, mm -hmm. um, they've always been yeah, out the door, just thrilled, satisfied with it. So if you have an idea, if you have something like that, you come to, to Joe, sit down with him, talk to him and explain, leave nothing to chance. Joe, Joe's one of those guys. I know this from having talked to him and he's, probably not going to say it about himself, but he's so detail oriented that he's not interested in telling you what you need. He wants to find out what it is that you need, what it is that you want. And then he'll tell you the best way to make it. And then he'll make exactly what it is that you're looking right. for. Right. So to that end, so if somebody's got K bars or anything like that, um, they can come to you and, and get leather goods made from you. One-off stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same thing yeah. with Kydex. The, and yep. then of course, uh, various weapons, right? Yeah. The, the, the knives. Now that said, a lot of these things, um, especially right now, it's, it's not really a business per se. Sure. So it's like, you know, um, I'm a police officer, but I'm going to be retiring in like four months. So I'm going to be stepping into a different stage of life. Um, but I have everything I need to continue on doing this and I'll have much more time yeah. to get it. Getting things accomplished now, tend to take a long time, you know? Yeah. Cause you got to do 40 hours a week with the police department. Plus you got to go to the gym. gym. Yep. Plus yep. you got to brew beer. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, there's too many other things <laughs> that I have to go do. I just, uh, just an FYI, I, I now got into, um, uh, laser engraving. Oh, nice. So I got a, a 36 watt diode laser. Oh, cool. And it's pretty strong ass thing. So now instead of hammering my maker's mark into it, um, I can, you can you can you can engrave it um i can put the tool steel make on it and have it nice and straight cool. um cuts leather sheaths out nice. um like on the k-bar stacked leather mm -hmm. now i made um for a, a, a friend of ours nick kelly oh yeah I mean, he had a um basically a fundraiser mm -hmm. um, i remember that yeah yep 
So I had made a knife. I saw that for for that to donate to that, and um, that was stacked leather. Yeah. <clears throat> and the amount of time it takes to to cut that stacked leather out, you know, I have a punch, you punch it, but then you got to make the center hole. Well, I have what was watching how that this thing cuts leather, and I could put a twelve by twenty four piece of sheet of leather, um, and put up some nice twelve ounce heavy leather. Nice. Basically set the program to the size that I want in the center that I want, let it run and it'll cut everything out for me. Take it out. Now saves time, better product, yeah. um, more continuity. It's less work yeah. in the respect of, I don't have to cut it, but also when I'm finishing the handle, I don't have like this massive, the old way was you basically, um, it, uh, fresh natural leather you wet it and you, you put it under pressure and you can't pull it apart it bonds yeah. um some of the more stuff the the veg tan stuff you have to glue it you have mm -hmm. to put some type of a pot or a, of of a bonding agent in there and then but you make these big blocks and then you're drilling it out and you're grinding it and there's a mess all over the place hopefully this will be a bit of a game changer but it also puts um, a lot of people ask for um like a retirement type of blade mm -hmm. So they want something, you know, like nice Rick Sutton, you know, yeah. from the, the early ages to now. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the oldest. No. But you would put stuff like that on the blade. Yeah. Um, electro etching's fine, but then you have to have a template made. It gets into, if you make one little mistake with electro etching, now all of yeah. a sudden, either you're regrinding the blade or you're doing it again. Yeah. Um, engraving on hardened steel, a lot of the engravers just don't want to do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and then choose up their bits exactly well and then engraving on soft steel prior to hardening now i got to finish it so where's the so it's like yeah so laser engraving um is kind of a little bit of a game changer with that cool. so that's that's just an added thing um that gets into a lot of the folders i didn't bring a ton of them but i did bring mm -hmm. one with me um and this is just a small i say gentleman's knife because it's tiny yeah but it's a nice auto over look at that so this is again it's a concept um, just a thought, um, gets into a funky looking blade, but mm -hmm. the blade has, uh, some, some logic and reason to it. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you hold the knife here or if you hold the knife here or here, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. If you notice where the point is, had I followed it up, it would have been above the center line. Yeah. So by putting, uh, I call them PowerPoints by mm -hmm. putting the PowerPoint into it, it now puts it in line with the center line. So not that this is a huge defensive knife, but. In a thrusting capacity, yeah, every little bit counts. It's going to be as like recoil on a rifle. Yeah. You want it to, you know, directly back instead of knocking you down. Well, same thing here, and it also allows you when you lock it up. Now it comes in. You get maximum blade, but you're also safely putting that that into there. Yeah. Just walnut grips. Um, gets into the same type of anodization we had on the other knife. Mm -hmm. um, now on these, I make everything. Yeah. So the only thing I didn't make are these two screws, um, but everything else, as far as the release, um, the center pivot, the spring and all that. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. the, 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 oh, well, the spring, I, I yeah. did buy the spring, the center, uh, the actual spacer in the back, mm -hmm. it's just a piece of brass, but it's got a little fancy file work going on nice. there. Nice. Um, but the, just the, the screws are the only thing. So it's like a completely made handmade knife. Yeah. It's an actual one-off. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's no, no other one like this. And this one, 
my big thing with pocket knives so people will get like unless you get into microtech or protech <clears throat> even protech a lot of times the way they're manufactured they're cnc made mm -hmm. okay so the way the screws are the way they thread them it's very quick mm -hmm. and a lot of times on the cheaper ones the screw itself is what's cutting the threads so they'll put them together and it looks really nice and you're paying 100 200 300 for some of these something happens then you got to take it apart and you're like why the hell is the for one is it stripping out and two the hole itself looks like it's all full of dust and that's actually when you're taking it out pieces of the aluminum are coming off putting it back together you can get them back together but they really don't go back together well yeah i like to look at these as like it's an actual piece of machinery mm -hmm. so when you unscrew this i drilled the hole i tapped the hole um the screws are actually hardened screws cap head screws that have been made to fit um all the pieces here this is actually o1 tool steel okay it's o1 tool steel and it's hardened same thing here uh o1 tool steel so they're not going to wear and wallet no no and they're not going to fall apart so these uh, you can't see it now. I should have brought a, a little example of it, but the pivots themselves. So whatever the dimension is, mm -hmm. okay. Um, the pivot itself is just a hardened tube that's threaded on both sides. And that's, and the blade ro rotates on that. Well, one of the things about doing a larger pivot, it gives you more area. It's a, it's not as shaky. It's a little more mm -hmm. stable. Um, and it's a stronger knife. Yeah. But one of the things though, is it collects a lot of dirt and it could slow the knife down. So I've gotten to where on some of the um, original fouls, you know, the Israeli ones, they put lightning cuts. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the bolts, it's got those grooves in it. Yeah. That's where I kind of got the idea from. Those are sand cuts. Yeah. And what it does is dirt goes into those cuts and allows the bolt to, to fly freely. Yeah. Well, same thing on this. I'll put, I have these scallop cuts that are into it. So when you put it in there, I still have the, the purchase of the actual uh, pin itself but it allows dirt dust and everything to get in so every now and again you take it apart you clean it all out you put it together um oil is like the worst thing yes on these. yeah as soon as you put oil you got dirt and yep. you got a, a, a yeah. it does a little graphite's nice mm -hmm. and or a little silicone well okay? so I, I do the same thing with my handguns in that i polish all my metal to metal surface contacts yes so that they're like glass so mm -hmm. they look like chrome yep so then you don't need much lube. No. And then, you know, because I carry, I carry everything concealed. Yes. So my, my Glock was notoriously full of dust bunnies. Mm -hmm. But it was a Glock. So you press the trigger and all the dust bunnies go away. So away yeah, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so like I run my, my concealed carry guns. I, I run them dry. I run my... Where was it? Must be in the house somewhere. Mm -hmm. I have a... Uh, I've got a Benchmade uh -huh. that I've been carrying for years. Yep. That I run it dry. But hot water and palm olive yep scrub it blow it out make yep. sure it's dry yep. and carry it that way and i've taken it apart and polished all the internal parts uh -huh. so that you don't need to lube it so that's a great idea yeah yeah and you know when you it's that it's a good thing you could literally wash yeah. this mm -hmm. with water yep and then give it a couple hard shakes and then you could just take a, a hair dryer yep and evaporate heat it up it. it'll take all the the moisture out of it and it's fine. Now this is a this is a carbon steel blade, okay? Yeah. And the only reason nobody ever touches it, it just sits on a shelf like this. Yeah. Now you can see there's like a little there's like dust on one side. Yeah. It's like super shiny <laughs> on the other side. That that's just what that's from. Yeah. But you could just wash that up. 
left untreated though, carbon steel will start. It'll rust. Yeah. It'll rust quickly. Yeah. One thing with, uh, and this gets into if if you want Gucci, I I guess you got to buy Protec and the yeah. others. But if you want utilitarian, if you want something that's going to work and perform, um, I always like carbon steel. Stain, there's absolutely nothing wrong. The new stainlesses are like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get into the, the SV30s. Uh, there's there's like all these new super steels. They're always coming out with something. It's like an iPhone. Yeah. You know, there's some other like edge holding quality to it, which I never understood because, you know, for for many, many years, as long as they've had blades, up until not too long ago, relatively speaking, stainless came into the picture. Yeah. Prior to that, it was always carbon steel. Yeah. And people could, if if my knife, I used it, I got a deer, you know, I clean them all up, I skin them all out, right? Um, I'm all done. I clean my, my knife, knife off. I take my steel. Oh, I'm sharp and I'm there. As opposed to having some type of steel that is so freaking hard. Oh, yeah. The edge lasts for a year, two years. It's great. When it goes dull, it's a nightmare. You are not going to be able to get that thing without I, some type of special equipment. I have a Gerber. I have a, I have a, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I quit. I like Gerber knives, mm-hmm. but I quit carrying Gerbers after a while because working them hard, you'll dull them. Yes. And then once they're dull, yeah. oh, dude, you got to set aside the afternoon to sharpen the damn things. Yep. And, and then they're finicky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, like my Benchmade, I, I take a, because I use it all the time. So I've got a, a farrier's rasp, small farrier's rasp that I use for sharpening my farrier's knives. Mm-hmm. I'll be down at the barn. I'm like, oh, that's not sharp. And I'll run it over here. One, two, three, one, two, three, checking it's good. Yep. That Gerber, uh, one, two, three. Oh, no, you can only do two and a half on this side or it rolls it over. So now you got a monkey back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's... Not a bad, they're not bad knives. Um, no, no. But they're, all yeah, the, the, all the, the sharpening game, you really got to have the skill set for yeah. it. Yeah, and that's something that, as far as like I've gotten sharpening now down to a like a real science. Um, you know, there's different ways people, mm-hmm. you know, up edge up edge down stones. I mean, there's a, there's a million different ways. Yeah. Um, but when you're trying to get stuff done, I mean, you could sit there on a on a uh, an 18 inch you know 500 grit whetstone. You know, like you just got out of the jungle someplace and you're like sitting there like this yeah. and this and this. Yeah, if you're making a, a katana to be a samurai. Hey. Yeah, I mean, that's great. You know, <laughs> you're going to get $18 billion for the thing. I can understand it. But it's like, okay, I need a knife. So I'll put up a 600 grip belt. I'll run the edge. Then I have a, a, a it literally is a two by 72 piece of leather. Mm-hmm. I'll fit it on. It's got some green chrome on it. And I'll just backstrop it like this. Yeah. And that thing, you could fold paper and go straight down and go, and it cuts right through. Nice. Super sharp. One thing with sharp edges is they go dull. Yep. So you can have a medium sharp. You can have like something that's going to, if I go like this, it cuts, right? If I go like that and cut down through meat, it cuts it. That's good. Or you can have like a surgical type of like, you know. People are cutting tomatoes at you know and, two microns. And a lot of people don't understand from a working knife standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a key word there. Yeah, if, if, if it's a, if it's a if it is a combatives knife, um, razor sharp is not really what you want at the end of the day because it's no. not going to hold up. No, no, yeah, no, no. It's you're more apt to lose the edge. Yeah, on that. Now, if there's a purpose for it, like a skinning knife. Sure. Okay, you're gonna yeah. if you're you're working it, but uh, but. 
but as an example. So, well, that's a bad example, but this is not a skinning knife. No. Right? So, no. we talk about this needs to have a good point, and this needs to be sharp enough to stick through what you're shipping, right. but it also needs to be dull enough that if you drop it, Mm -hmm. and you need to pick it up and you don't get the perfect grip and you grab it here, exactly. it doesn't lay your fingers open. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. There's so many times that when people like they like kitchen knives. Yeah. So I've gotten into doing a lot of kitchen knives lately. I'm still using that uh, little Japanese knife that you gave me. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I use the shit out of that thing. <laughs> I love that thing. The, the kitchen knives, I just actually made my daughter... Um, uh, uh, a it's a Japanese vegetable knife. Mm -hmm. um, it's called a nakiri. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically made it out of leaf spring. Mm -hmm. um, I had and that's kind of a, a, a the way a lot of them are done now. Um, basically uh, scrap not scrap uh, repurposed yeah. steel. Okay, yeah. uh, put it together and it's six and a half inches long. It goes from <clears throat> about an eighth of an inch down to maybe a sixteenth. It's very thin. It's got a very narrow, one of them, there's two of them I made. One's got a, a, a single grind, mm -hmm. which is great when you're cutting because it cuts it, your fingers. You don't have to worry about the cut when you're coming down. Yeah. This is probably a better example of cutting going down. But the angle, it's flat on this side and it's got an edge that goes completely to the other side of the steel. Yeah. So when you cut, what it does is it, it forces everything over and there's a big feral uh, blood groove, so mm -hmm. to speak. That runs right down the top of it nice. so it releases really quick um making those uh i'm actually right in the process now of making a uh a chef's knife for somebody that had asked for one cool. uh putting it together uh same thing you know what i'll do is i'll start out i'll forge out the blade where i want it um and then at that i just start with it and it all ground down get it fitted the handle this is going to have copper furniture mm -hmm. as far as um the the right in the tang area on a lot of kitchen knives, some knives like this doesn't have any. Mm -hmm. So, but on a, on a big size, a full size eight to nine inch uh, chef's knife, you're going to be doing some chopping and stuff like that. You don't always hold the knife way back here, you know, yeah. when, you, when you're chopping, it's yeah. kind of awkward. So what you're going to do is you kind of grip up on it. You might hold up. So that area over here is where I usually typically put these bolsters in. So when you're working with it and that, that's kind of gotten to be um, like, I guess, uh, a sign of some of the stuff I've been doing. Cause I, I had and the mere fact that I ran into a, a shitload of copper. So I'm mm -hmm. like, what can I use? There you go. It's, and it's copper is expensive as hell now. Yeah. Now come to find everybody really loves copper. Yeah. So then I had to source copper pins in order to make it all match. Yeah. Cause it looks like hell if you put brass in. Um, but no, it's, it's, they're coming through. And the other thing is doing the sheath yet one more is, and I, sh I should have brought it along. I, I didn't think to do it. Um, a lot of the Japanese knives, and these are all patterned after that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> their sheaths are wood. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing with it is it's very, very thin. Yeah. So you can't have this big honky. You can't take a two by four, cut it in half and have this massive, you know, with a knife sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. So these, I've gotten it down. Um, I've been working with cherry. Um, I can never pronounce it. Osijo. Oso, it's a funny looking orange wood. Okay. Um, it's a tropical type of a wood, but it's a very hard wood. But what I'll do is I'll basically open it. I'll have to cut it in two. So a three quarter inch piece cut in half. Then I'll reflective 
the where the pattern is on both of them chuck it up in my mill mill out a 16th inch slot on each side oh, wow. when you put the two together you get an eighth inch slot that fits the knife together nice um you know it has it'll have a retention pin in it um works out really well looks really good takes a long time to get yeah. them done you yeah. know but a lot of people are now you could put together a pine one in probably no time whatsoever mm -hmm. But you want something, and so if I'm using high-end wood for the handle, you want it to match. Yeah, yeah, you and don't want it. Yeah. It's it's people have been li liking it. Um, Good. To, from the, the that standpoint. Cool. But the last thing I got up here is yeah. It's baby machete there. Yeah, it's my take on a on a, a Indonesian parang. Huh. That's cool as hell, dude. It's it's got some heft to it. Yeah, it does, but it's got a great balance. Yep, it's the handles. It's got a nice grip to it. Mm -hmm. It's snake wood. Um, That's way cool, dude. These again. This is um, ten ninety five. Pounded all out. Uh, really, something. It's amazing. Something like this doesn't take nearly as long <laughs> as something like oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know, yeah, my, the, my limited experience doing black working stuff around horses. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much, you know, you start out with one shape and you get it to where you want. Yeah. You know, um, and this, it gets finished off, mm -hmm. you know, I'll have to, you know, gr you know, grind. This has got a convex grind. Mm -hmm. So it's much, much stronger. Now I had, I ordered one from, um, I think it was Thailand. It came mm -hmm. from, and it's a, it's a real parang, like, with yeah. the, what they would use in the jungle and it was like the biggest piece of crap you want to see the one hit and then pulling out like this a big chunk of the blade just came right out oh yeah i wouldn't want to be in the jungle with with that nah. you could see this where i mean i was like out in the backyard with this thing hacking the hell out i haven't i haven't resharpened it either yeah and right now for what this is um <clears throat> oh yeah it's it's got a lot of uh life left into it mm-hmm and same thing, dynamics of the blade, they don't sharpen all the way down into here. It looks like it is, but it's not. Yeah. And that's meant more for if you're doing like some drawing with the knife, mm -hmm. if you're pushing like this. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they use this, you know, they'll, they'll use it up. as as their, their like chef knife. Yeah. It's a, it's a multi-purpose thing. Because yeah, when you're in the third world, you have as few tools as you, because we've talked about this from a tactical standpoint when you start talking about gear. Ounces become pounds, pounds become tons. Yes. You know, and so if you have something that is utilitarian mm -hmm. and you can do five or six things with it. Exactly. Two of them combat have really radiated. Right. You know, you've just lightened your load for everything that you've got to carry to be able to do the job. Yeah. Makes yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. like, like the Gurkhas and their Kukris. Yes. They do everything in the damn world with those things. Yeah. Well, that if you ever see like a real uh, Kukri, the way they put them together is you've got the actual knife the yeah. the actual fighting knife yeah and that's used for quite a bit yeah but then there's if you look in the sheath there's two little tiny utilitarian knives yeah they're they're about this big mm -hmm. they look just like little yeah. kukris yep but they're very thin and they're razor sharp and they do everything they, they use probably that more than anything yeah it's like a, a you can have all the cool looking knives but what's the one knife you're going to use the you know you're you're at sears and you need to open up or take a tag off of something yep you're not pulling out like whoosh, a huge K bar. Yeah. Now you're taking out your little, uh, you know, yep. old timer yeah, and, and yeah. cutting it, you know, or, or, or you're opening up your three and a half inch blade mm -hmm. 
Benchmade or Emerson or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Or your three inch one off Joe O'Neill custom. Yes. Yeah. So, so to that end, right now we'll preface this with, remember all of these are handmade by one dude, one at a time. And they are, even if they're all very similar, even if you, even if you ordered a bunch of these, they're all going to be one offs. So the prices are going to be reflective on that, but you get what you pay for. There's no doubt about that. So just as an idea, mm -hmm. what does like this and this and this and that ballpark figure, what is, what would something like those items cost if somebody wanted to buy one? This, uh, now I had sold two in this general, it had different wood on it. Yeah. Um, one of them actually had the aluminum mm -hmm. that was in blood red. Oh, wow. And yeah, they went for 300. Okay. Um, something like this. This was one of those things where it was a concept, an idea. I never sold one. Mm -hmm. um, the amount of time making this, I, I don't know if I, unless somebody really wanted something like that, because yeah. that gets into a lot where I'm actually soldering brass on Coca Bola yeah. and then putting in stainless steel pins. It, it gets into quite a bit, would probably be in about the same area. Um, something like this or this, uh, these are probably in the 150, 200, yeah. not, not that bad. Um, spikes, you can do these for like 50, something like this. Same oh, wow. thing. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, I mean, there's only a certain amount of work that you, you have to do on something like this. Yeah. Okay. So in a day I could probably make, I could probably bang out 10 of these in a day. Okay. This, something like this is going to be, uh, if I would work solid on it, it would probably be a, a, about a week. Okay. And initially you can cut it out, grind it out, get it all like to the point, but then you have to start finishing. The finishing is, yeah. And it's, if there's a, if you look at this blade, there's no scratches. Yeah. So when you're finishing and you look and there's a scratch, it's not done. So yeah. you go back to finishing more. Got it. And it's not, I don't have a, a, a huge factory Sure. that has like you know machines that sit there and and you know polish it all down the drawback to them is that literally it's like okay you've got one of eight billion yeah you know and 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 you can't look in the face of the guy who made it no and go hey you know or, or and, and and then the other thing that goes along with it so so something like this mm -hmm. okay so if i went joe i really like the concept mm -hmm. however I want a, I want like a Tanto with yeah. a half serration. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you can't order that from somebody else because nobody else makes it. So, exactly. but, but you can, and, and I go, and I don't want, I don't want wood. I want G10 or something yes. because of what I've got going on. So, and then I can come by and look at it and, and everything's the way that I want it. So that's one of the advantages that you have of talking yes. to the guy who makes your item. Um, so as an example, just so guys have an idea. What does something like this run? These get into a, a, a lot more. And I had like several others. Mm -hmm. And again, just for bringing stuff along. Yeah. Um, there's bigger, smaller. Sure. Um, uh, it being an automatic. This is a pocket one, so it doesn't yeah. have a clip. So if you add the clip, um, that gets into even more. Something like this would probably be in the 350 to 400 range. Um, adding the clip into it. I, people are like, okay, it's a clip. But uh, it's not, I'm, not, I'm it. not calling up knife, you know, knifekits.com and saying, send me five clips. Yeah. So what I'll do is on something like this, I'll take actually a piece of, you know, 
705 stainless, chuck it up, uh, put it in the mill, mill it out. Um, you've got to basically cut out a slot over here. The, the clip has got to fit yeah. into it. You're reverse it, drilling it. Uh, it just gets into, there's a lot there's of work happening. More to it than people think, yeah. You know, two of the ones I made were, um, they're the concept of a thin piece of stainless. It's mounted. And then it's basically, uh, looks like it's been drilled out at the, oh, it's been, has been drilled out at the end. But then underneath it, we'll put like a jewel of like a, uh, it's not real jewel, but it'd be like a colored glass, like a, mm -hmm. a ruby color. And that fits up tight into the, uh, the hole itself. Mm hmm so now you've got this clip with this nice piece of whatever color stone that you want. And it being a ball, that aids in getting it in and out of your pocket without yeah. a typical, most clips will have like a little cant to it. Mm -hmm. So you can stick it into your pocket. Well, the, the whole ball system there looks great. It's terrific. It's nice. It's a, it's a finished thing. Again, it turns into, takes you know, time. takes time, yeah. you know, and it's got to work. Yeah. You can't make it. I mean, I've had knives where I've people have brought them to me and they're like, I, I can't get the damn thing out of my pocket. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well you, you know, you wind up, you know, I'm sitting there like bending the thing or having to put a cant. So it lifts the, the edge up a little bit to it. You know, um, that gets into that. When you get done with the knife, you know, I'll sit there and I'll go, well, look, okay. And then I'll be like, Oh, how's it? Is it like this? Put it in there. How much, not on this one, but I'll lock some of them up and then I'll hang like a 10 pound weight from it. Yeah. 20 pound weight and see where it goes. You know, how yep. much, how much the, 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 the actual lock can yeah. hold up to, yeah. you know, yeah. and it, it gets yeah. over. Sometimes you overrate on what you're doing. Um, and it gets, I get, you, I, for lack of a better term, a, a buddy of mine, we always used to say oh, we're rushing it. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, you don't need, you know, three inches of steel for something that only requires an eighth inch. But, you know, you start building it, it's like, oh, it's got to be strong. It's got to be, you know, uh, I want it to hold up. Yeah. But then you, when you try to get into a finer, you, you have to refine all that down. Yeah. But take the max and the min and you get that perfect in between. Now you got something that's really yeah. good. And then the other aspect of that is, you know, you can't go buy, well, maybe that, but you're, you're not going to walk up and buy these no. Dick Sporting Goods with Kershaw on them. Nothing wrong with Kershaw knives, but... No. None of these are, you're not buying a $75 pocket knife. You know, no. you're, you're buying, you're buying a, a piece of machinery that is specifically designed and built to really exacting standards. And that, you know, again, if, if it's something that you are betting your life on, you know, that becomes an important thing. So, right. And that's, that's very much a, a, a design material, um, like it's, I wouldn't make like from a leaf spring something I'm going to sell somebody. Yeah. Cause I don't know what, what's going on with that. Yeah. Okay. If I make something from a leaf spring and I'm like, and you're like, Hey, I want to kind of buy that from you. I'd be like, yeah, it's made from a leaf spring. So you understand it, you know, yeah. it's, it's not. <clears throat> so when you make stuff for people, you, I use known, a known quantity. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. 1095, 440, um, ATS 34 for stainless, uh, you know, CM 154, a lot of these higher end, they get, uh, steel's gotten really expensive. Yeah. Carbon steel's still pretty good. Yeah. Stainless though, you're going to, you're going to pay. Yeah. Titanium, um, I had finished, I haven't done one in quite a while actually, um, but I had made a couple of knives, folders, um, 
but frame locks. Mm -hmm. So, and the one, he was actually a police officer up in uh, Loudoun County. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he goes, hi, oh, I saw your Instagram and uh, blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And he's like, could you make, he, and he gave me his, his idea. And when I originally, when I said that about, I don't like doing that, yeah. I, I didn't mean it in the respect of uh, 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 like, no, uh, yeah. no, I don't do that. Uh, what I'm saying is when I get an idea, it just, it just like, it's fruitful. I don't have to ask yeah. anybody. I just do what I want. And then yeah. when I get done, I'm, most people look at what I like and they're like, I like that. Yeah. But if you said to me, Hey, I want to make a, like this guy, he, he's like, I wanted a folder. He goes, I want a frame lock. He goes, and I want a four inch blade. I'm like, what's a, you're making a big ass knife there uh, yeah. for a folder. He's like, yeah, but this is what I want. And it was uh, basically a very plain blade um it was just a drop point there was mm -hmm. nothing nothing fancy about it um titanium all around stainless steel uh fittings everything so it was a pretty much it was stainless steel blade all the other fittings were stainless steel uh it wasn't an automatic it was just a folder frame lock um titanium and he just wanted it like a bluish color uh so i'm like okay no problem put put the thing together came out it was very thin okay um put put that all together beautiful knife worked out fine he loved it worked it the cost on just getting titanium the stainless and this is back this is a good while ago yeah it was like uh, titanium is outrageous yeah and again you want to buy these things from a known source yeah you know because you can go on ebay and i've seen it where they're like oh titanium cutouts i yeah i have no idea what you know chinesium they're using or yeah some other <laughs> Some type of shit that's coming out of there. Some broke ass Ukrainian. <laughs> but yeah, some shit they weld off of some old T thirty four tank or something. I don't know. But again, if if you're gonna charge somebody the money, yeah, you know, you got it. Yeah, you yeah. have to produce yeah. the 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 product. Cool. You know, and you want a known source. So, cool. but again, it's he said this is what he wanted. I drew up what I wanted, and I showed it to him, and we were pretty much on the same page. Yeah. But I had. He, I didn't draw up a clip point. Yeah. I drew up a drop point. You know, he wanted more of a, the same concept here, but mm -hmm. more squared off. This is more, you know, fits yeah. in the hand type of thing. Um, you know, the, 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 the actual coloring on it, which isn't hard for titanium. Yeah. It's, it's easy to, to, to change. I just put it into a really deep, almost a purple. It was a beautiful knife. <clears throat> um, I had asked him if he wanted the thin blue line. Mm-hmm. Because I said, oh, I, what I can do is I can mill out a slot on an angle. Yeah. Take another piece of titanium and make it blue and make the rest of it black. And he said, no. Yeah. So I said, to hell with you. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> do, Sean, do like Sean Johnson, just knock everything on his head. No. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but no. No, it's, it's, um, but it worked out where he liked it, came out fine. Cool. Um, you know, nice. nice. To this day, um, I, every now and again, I hear from, you know, nice. and he was like, he goes, yeah, the blade had come loose. One of the, and, and I, everything I put together is always blue Loctite. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no problem. I said, just mail the thing back. He mailed it back. I took a look at it. I'm like, it literally meant it needed to be just like, I, I put more Loctite and turned it. And I sent it back up to him. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You know? So there you yeah. go. I mean, so those are the types of things. Again, they're tools. Mm -hmm. And they're a piece of machinery that yeah. you can take apart and put together. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming out and sharing all this with us. Yeah, so, thanks for having me. Um, and I'll get this information and we'll put it up, but make sure that we have it. 
what's a good method to get a hold of you? So like, what's your Instagram? Are you on Instagram? Yep, I'm on Instagram. It's Trinity Knives. Um, pretty much that's it. Uh, if you go, when you go to the website, my website had gotten hacked. So I probably had 10 years worth of photos on there. Oh. And I had to get rid of everything. Damn. So I'm big into photography. So it's Trinity Knives. So there's, there's a lot of pictures of like, uh, of the area around here. They're very nice. Um, but there's also, it's, it's psychotic. I know you're going to have pictures of me hammering stuff and a nice sunset. So it's nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, so it's Trinity Knives on Instagram. Right. On Instagram. What's your, what's your webpage? Um, I don't have a website. Okay. Um, right. um, I do have an email. It's okay. J-O-C-I-N 1989 at iCloud.com. Okay. Um, and a good phone number is 757-377-1948. Um, if I don't answer, just leave a message. Because uh, I screen everything that comes through. There's so many damn, yeah, well, you, you know, yeah, tell you got, you got all, all the other crap. That you got all the stalkers from your OnlyFans page. So. Yes, well, hey, <laughs> I told you I was into leather pants. Now, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for coming out, Joe. This was yes. awesome. Thanks for bringing all this cool stuff. Um, if you have any questions, uh, give Joe a call. And uh, local small business, uh, we support him. He makes some of the coolest shit. He's getting ready to make some stuff for me. And uh, we hope you had fun with this. Uh, I don't think anybody's feelings got hurt unless you're diehard Kershaw knife fans. But again, I'm not dogging on Kershaw. They're just, no, they're, they're not Joe O'Neill knives. Yeah. So, all right, buddy, well, um, be safe and we'll catch up with you guys on the, uh, on the next episode. Thanks. Take care. And there we go. Those are cool shit, dude.